This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast, the preview show. Uh, we've got a double fixture game week coming up uh, on Saturday. We visit Plough Lane for the first time as we take on AFC Wimbledon for the first meeting between the two clubs before we take on uh, Cambridge United uh, at the Abbey Stadium on Tuesday night. Um, this will be a slightly longer episode than usual, although the Bolton one last week were pretty long can't even shut him up um but yeah we're going to uh, preview both games in this one uh, we're joined by lee finch from the wombles dream podcast and jordan from the under the abbey stand podcast uh, we've obviously afc wimbledon been this saturday it makes perfect sense to speak to lee first uh, lee how are you mate you all right very well thank you very well looking forward to saturday looking forward to the game uh, playing chef wednesday again uh, old school Wimbledon fan, so yeah, I, I remember playing Wednesday a few times. So yeah, looking forward to it. Good stuff. I mean, that 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 was going to be my first question actually. Uh, we were obviously you've just said it there. You're a Wimbledon fan before the uh, what what would you call it? Split or you know, the move? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Wimbledon fan back back yeah, thirty years now. I've been Wimbledon fan, so Wimbledon FC, and then when uh, our club was stolen and moved to. Milton Keynes uh, or franchised as they were uh, yeah I, I started supporting AFC Wimbledon so I've watched Wimbledon through from the Premier League to the lowest league in the football so I've watched Wimbledon play at every single senior le- men's level so down to what it was called the Combine Counties League nice. uh, through through Ryman League Conference South Conference League 2 League 1 and yeah I watched Premiership Championship and uh, Wimbledon FC, so so you're a you're an AFC Wimbledon OG then, as uh, as you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, like, I, mean, that. I like that term. Yeah, I mean, I I remember AFC Wimbledon obviously from what, what, 2002 was it when you were when you were formed, only because uh, I used to play football manager uh, when I were when I were younger. And I think it was that were you sponsored by Sports Interactive or something at, at some point. Still um, am. Still am. Oh, oh right, okay. So uh, yeah, and, and and I can remember on the game, like, all the backgrounds were just AFC Wimbledon, just like you know all, all over. Obviously, yeah, showing off off, off that uh, that sponsorship. So yeah, I, I can remember uh, remember him from from there. I mean, 
did, like, did you ever think when AFC Wimbledon were formed back in you know 2002, in the 20 years or so, that you'd have gone from where you was then, what the ninth tier of football, you know, six promotions and now being the same league as MK MK Dons, you know, did you ever think that would ever happen? Yeah, we, well, we don't use the... They're called Milton Keynes, that's it. There are no, no Dons in that. So <laughs> I'll have to get, get on that straight away. Uh, sorry, James. But yeah, it's uh, I when Wimbledon, when we were we the cont- continuation, and I was uh, we had our first ever game at Sutton United, uh, and I stood there and I thought, oh, this, this ain't going to take off. We're not going to, we're going to struggle, I think, here. And I think everyone just got involved in it because your club's gone. You haven't got a club. Yeah, uh, and it was we're using the same kit, it's the same badge, pretty much. It's the same fans, the same people that went home and away. We're still there. Uh, my my dream was to get to the conference because I go home and away. So when we started, it was all local games. So yeah. you was travelling maximum of 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, which is good. But I like a day trip. So I like coming up to Sheffield. I like going to Newcastle, places like that. Going out for the yeah, day, yeah. get getting rid of getting away from the misses and the kids, <laughs> yeah. having a, having an excuse to do it, and uh, yeah, going down thirty minutes down the road, and the misses going, well, you're only playing here today, so you'll be back at this time. It's like great. So yeah, I the, the conference was where I wanted us to be, and yeah, we've smashed that, which is just, and to be in League One with the likes of yourself, Sunderland's, Ipswiches, and things like that, it still blows my mind, but. I got to remember that Wimbledon FC were in the Premier League against Man U and Arsenal's and beating them every week. So football's a funny old game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I can remember when uh, MK, as you uh, as you call them, um, I can remember going to like like the one of the first games when after they'd formed, and I think they must have brought like a a minibus. There was about, I can just remember that game. There were about ten people in the uh, in the in the away end at uh, Hillsborough. Quite uh, it was quite funny. I mean, what what sort of like I can remember the attendances you were getting, like back in back in the day when you first formed, were were bigger than what MK were getting, weren't they? Yeah, I think we still are. Really, if you watch like their 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 wave base and stuff like, I don't like talking about them too much because no, to me yeah. they're they're irrelevant. It's, it's not like people like a rivalry like yourself and say Sheffield United is a big rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a city rivalry. With them, it's more of. I don't really, they're irrelevant to me nowadays. They, we, we literally beat them. We've got Plough Lane back in our community. So we're a community club again. So I see Wimbledon playing in Wimbledon. Uh, and yeah, that's more. Uh, and being in the same league as, league as them when they stole our, our league place, they didn't so, do it. So who's your, who's your local rivals then, would you say? Palace, are they? Palace, yeah, again, they probably won't care about us too much. We've probably got local non-league ones, really. That there's yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of non-league teams when we were coming through the ranks that didn't really like us because obviously we had four thousand away fans when they usually get five hundred. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like Hampton and Richmond's and things like that, and uh, they don't really like us. But again, it's irrelevant to me, really. Like Chelsea used to be when we obviously because yeah. it's on our doorstep, pretty much. But yeah, as I said. Milton Keynes are not they're not a rivalry to me I just I find them irrelevant and it's a weird one for me with regards to attendances because Wimbledon FC we never used to get many we wouldn't take many up to Sheffield yeah where I think now I think we will we, we'll take 800 to 1000 where usually we take a couple hundred back in Wimbledon FC yeah but now AOC Wimbledon I think everyone's got involved where it is a community club there's a lot more fans it's kind of brought through. everyone together kind of thing 
Yeah, and there's a lot of younger generation who want to go watch football as well now, and and they can watch their local team, and and they will travel. And it, it, yeah, it's, it's a much better, it's a much better community club and fan fan owned and fan based club now than it was back back in the day. Good. Well, I'm I'm good that I've not got a ticket to uh, to go. So that's one that uh, that I did definitely uh, you know want to uh, want to go to. But I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, now onto your onto your recent form. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, I want to say up and down, but it's probably been a bit. No, it, you, you, you've had it, had it tough recently, haven't you? This uh, so far this season. Um, the, you know, your recent game, a one-one draw with with Burton Albion. I mean, how did that one uh, pan out? Oh, it was an awful game. To be fair, it was the worst game I've seen seen us play this season. Uh, we like to get the ball down, play a bit of football, and uh, Burton don't really do that. They like to muscle you out the game and stuff like that. Uh, it's a tough league, League One. It's really tough. Mm. And Burton, Burton came down. They got a goal, and that was it. They wanted to shut up shop, and, and that was pretty much it. And we were struggling to to get find ideas to then break them down and score. But we scored last minute. Uh, McCormick, who's a good player, uh, yeah, got that goal. But yeah, Burton. I, I fancied us to win, but I think with the two week break that we've had, I think people were looking for that. It, you could see players were tired from both sides. Uh, but we needed that international break to come, which, again, as AFC Wimbledon, I don't think this is our first ever international break, which, again, is mad. We usually play because we don't usually have internationals, and that's where we've come, that we've got four internationals now. But, yeah, Burton, they come to frustrate. I don't think they were looking for a win. Uh, but, yeah, I think a draw was fair, to be fair, at the end. Yeah, you're just touching on there. So, you, you, know, you said you've got you know international players now. I mean... What we're liking the in the transfer window, obviously we we've got a whole new side. We've made fourteen new signings, uh, and about a similar number have gone the opposite way as well and left the club. Uh, what about what about yourself? Has it been a, a bit of a shake up, or has it just been a case of just adding new members to the to the team? Like, well, we, we got Mark Mark Robinson, our manager. He come from our youth setup, so he's been at the club seventeen years, uh, and he's got a process and a philosophy that he trusts young players. So we didn't have an overhaul because he trusts the players that he knows from our youth team. So we've got a player called AFSL who's come for our youth ranks, who's, who's amazing. But we've signed people like Luke McCormick from Chelsea, yeah. where a couple of years ago, again, I, I said this to uh, other podcasts and, uh, and Wimbledon fans, is I think COVID's helped us. We've got a, a Luke McCormick who was at Bristol Rovers last season, might have gone to them again, but thought, actually, I want to be closer to home. Yeah. No one knew if there was going to be lockdowns again and stuff like that when the transfer window was in place. And people want to be closer to their family and friends at the moment instead of going to, say, for example, Sheffield, and then you get locked down or you you, you get isolated. So we signed players from Chelsea, so Luke McCormick, George Marsh came from Tottenham. Who else we signed? We signed Mbudi on loan from Watford, who looks very good, used to be at Rangers. Uh, Presley's on loan from Brentford. So they're all local London clubs yeah. and, and we're signing them. And I think they want to be local to their families, their friends. And it's it's helped us because it has, we are signing better players now. With one of the ones I'd say is Henry Lawrence. He's come on loan from Chelsea. Okay. Uh, he was uh, He's just played for England under 20s. And he yeah, he's a star in the making, that kid. And where does, it, and where does he play? He's a right back. Well, he can play right back, left back. He can play in the centre midfield. Uh, he's a yeah, he's a real player for us at the moment. Yeah, I mean, just on your on your recent form as well. Just looking other than the uh, you know the three 0 defeat at, at the hands of Rotherham, all the other ones, including your, the the win at Morecambe, they've they've looked like they've been 
fairly close, like you know, one goal in it. Would you say that that you've just been unlucky, or um, you know, has, has it has it has it gone from your perspective like so far? Look, the worst thing for us is we had Arsenal away in the Carabao Cup uh, just after we played Plymouth, so we lost one 0 to Plymouth. You could see the the players were their minds were on Arsenal. Yeah. No one wanted to get injured. No one wanted to get suspended. They wanted to play that game at the Emirates against Arsenal. Which you uh, can't you can't kind of you know blame them really can you to be fair I, you can that no, annoys me I think league's more important I get it you're a professional a, from, from a fan from a fan's point of view yeah I, I, I yeah. know what you mean but from a you know if you're a professional football I'm you know come on, even though you, you said the right things in the you know in the press like there's going to be a little bit of the sinking Ken Allen playing it to the Emirates you know I get it, yeah, as, as that mindset, but we've lost to Plymouth the, the game before that and then we've gone and lost to Shrewsbury the week after. Yeah. So then Arsenal is is nothing now. No one cares about that. We're now gone from fourth in the league to 14th in the league. Yeah. Not one in five games, not one in four league games uh, and scored two goals. It's, yeah, I get, as a fan, I'm fuming, <laughs> fuming with it. But yeah, I think the Plymouth game, again, it was, it was a tight game. Plymouth... I, I didn't think Plymouth were that great uh, and people were... Beat us 3-0 um, and they absolutely spanked us as well down at their place. We we should have beat them. We should have beat Plymouth. Uh, I didn't think they were good. They, they, they've they got a very strong setup and their 11's good. They they know their positions and they know their jobs, but we should have scored a couple of goals against them before they scored and yeah, it would have been a different game, but everyone's going mental about Plymouth and I just can't, I don't get it. I really, but... Maybe they're playing different games. Maybe there was an off game against us. Shrewsbury, again, we struggle when they're big, ugly sides. Not really a footballing side, Shrewsbury. So they scored two set pieces against us, which is usually what we do to teams at the moment. And then Rotherham, again, they're the standout for me at the moment from what I've seen this season. Yeah, I mean, so um, in terms of like... You know, players that we need to look out for. You've, you've mentioned uh, you've mentioned one, you know, the the, the right back. But is, is there any others that are, you know, tricky wingers that you've got or anything like that? Winger, yeah, we have got a winger called Ayo Basel who's come for our youth oh, uh, yeah, youth ranking. He's he's unbelievable. He's brilliant. Uh, there's a story about him which again I tell everyone is that he went on loan to Billericay Town and Jamie O'Hara was the oh, yeah. manager yeah. from Talksport. Uh, he played one game for him and he sent him back and said, he's not tall enough. He's not big enough. He won't be a professional footballer. He came back. Uh, manager Mark Robinson took over. I think he scored five goals in seven games or seven in nine games. Now he's got something like that. And he's just, he's really small. He's strong though, but he causes so many problems and he's got that. I don't care attitude. He'll get in your face. The biggest, biggest guy in the park, he'll just get right in front of him and yeah, him, uh, we're struggling at the moment. We're really struggling with injuries. Mm. So I've just seen one, your centre backs uh, being ruled out for for a couple of months, hasn't he? So that's been yeah. a bit of a blow. Will Nightingale, who's uh, yeah, he's, he's again another one that's come through the youth, scored quite a few goals for us this year from set pieces. He's going to be a big miss because below him, we've got Paul Kalambayi, who's I don't rate as highly, but he's he's just coming back from injury himself. And we've got a Hungarian uh, under-20 international who is called Dan Shocker, and he is awful. He is a shocker. <laughs> and that's what we call him. But if he plays, then your your front uh, your front three. Your, I, I can't get over your front three or four. I really worry about them against yeah. us, to be fair. The, the, the thing is, um, the, the way that we've been saying this season, we've, we've not clicked all this season. Like It's, it's almost like eleven, you know, a bunch of 11 individuals. We're not playing as a team. Um, so yeah, you know, like you know, like you said, on paper, 
you know, Berahino, Gregory, uh, Shadipo, Patterson, that, the, the Windass, I know he's injured, but you know, the, the names that you that throw out there on paper, we should be, uh, should be dominating this league. But as, as we all know, you know, the game's not played on paper, is it? So, uh, <laughs> yes, that's the old you know, which is, uh, yeah, which is, which is frustrating. But, uh, I mean, what, what sort of formation uh, do you like to play? And, and also does, you know, Mark Robinson, does he like to play a, like a settled side, uh, or, or do you, are you like, oh, like Darren Moore, does he make five and six changes every week? <laughs> He, he, he likes to make five or six changes every week, but I don't think he's going to have a choice at the moment because of the injuries that we have. So we've got no Oli Palmer at the moment, who's our main striker. So he's he's out injured. So Presley will have to play out front. And Booty, he's he's just come back from international. So we got four internationals. Three of them only come back on Thursday. Then he get yeah. back from Thursday. Our New Zealand internationals been in Bahrain, our goalkeeper. So he only gets back from Thursday. So we like to play four, two, three, one. Similar to uh, Bolton, yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, we play for we play uh, Hartigan and Woodyard, the captain, in our two defensive midfielders, and then we have Asal McCormick, uh, and then we have Prezi up front. Uh, do you think 4 4 2 is dead? Like, nobody plays 4 4 2 anymore, do they? <laughs> it, it, unfortunately, it is dead. I, I'm again, women FC fan, old school football fan. I love 4 4 2. I don't get, I don't we'll get. I no, I get, nobody plays four four two ever. I think it's just like you know, like I said, like I said, nobody plays it anymore. We we play similar, you know, like four three three. Although we we're, were playing a, I don't, I don't even know what we're playing. Three three four two one. We were playing like um, against against Bolton. It were, you know, it's, it's anyone's guess what formation what, we're going to be playing. What frustrates me the most is no one puts two strikers up anymore. No, it's always one striker. One or three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's not free. They play like two wingers. Like we yeah, yeah. we'll play. It looked like free, but it's not. Only one of them is a striker. Yeah, uh, and then we go. Well, why can't we score goals? It's like well, because we've got one strike on the bench. And... We've been we've been calling for it all season. Just put two strikers up there. We want Gregory, and then you need someone else to to feed off. But uh, but no, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> I mean, how are the how are the fans reacting so far this this season? What's the noise coming out of Plough Lane? Everyone's just. Everyone's just buzzing to be in League One and be at Plough Lane. So it's the results are kind of second nature at the moment because we're back home. Uh, regarding we, it's weird because football football's a strange old game and fans are very fickle. So the other week we were third or fourth in the league and we were talking about automatic promotion and playoffs and we were going up like beating teams who should be beating, smashing us really, and we we're performing well. We then lose four league games in a row and then it's like oh we we're getting relegated this season again. Uh, so yeah, there's no middle ground with Wimbledon fans. It's, it's either dire straits we're going down, or, or we're actually like we're, if we beat you on Saturday, it's literally yeah we're back on form. Playoffs so thing we lose, then yeah we are in dire straits at the moment. It's a it's a weird old league as well, League One. So everyone's kind of just happy to be at Plough Lane, and yeah, I'm I'm buzzing at the moment. For I'll take 14th now. Uh, as I said, League One is so tough. Looking at the table now, you've got Rotherham's, yourselves, Ipswich who are struggling, Charlton who are struggling, but they're massive clubs and will come up. So yeah, I'm just I'm as long as we stay up, I'll be well happy with that. Yeah. I mean, um going on to like a prediction then for uh, for Saturday, what you're uh, what you're thinking. What what are you thinking in your head and what about your heart? <laughs> yeah, that's there's always the question. <laughs> Is it because nobody, nobody's ever going to say, "Well, I think we get beat four 0 Like nobody ever says that. Like, but but yeah, what what do you what do you want to happen, and what do you think will happen? 
thing is, I can see goals because you, you, you looking at your fixtures, you can see goals pretty much every game. Uh, uh, well, it's funny. It's funny. We, we, we had five clean sheets at the start of the season in a row. Didn't concede a goal. And then since then, we have conceded nine in the last six. Um, so yeah, we are, we are, we are shipping goals, but we're not scoring them either. We've scored 11 and you know, I've got the worst attack and the, one of the, like this, I think the second best defense in the, in the league. So, uh, yeah, it's, we're not an entertaining club to watch if you're neutral, put it that way. See, we, 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 we can see goals left, right and center, like Morecambe four, three, Bolton three, all we can concede goals, but we were scoring them. And then, yeah, recently we've, where we've lost players to injury, we're not really scoring goals. I, I look at your, I look at Patterson, Birano, what's his name? Berahino, Saido Berahino, yeah. I can't, I, I remember, I can't, my pronunciation of the names is awful. <laughs> Lee Gregory, I think he's just unreal for this level. Uh, I look and you've got, who is it on the bench? Canberra as well. Yeah, Florian Canberra, yeah. I think he's quite a decent striker. I think, yeah, I'm going, I think it'd be two all. Hmm. I think we can nick a score or, or you'll win three, two. I think, yeah. yeah, there'll be goals in it. Yeah, personally, I think um, I think it's probably going to be a two-one, two-one win to us. Like I said, we are we are conceding goals. Um, Bailey Peacock fouls, making a few mistakes. You've probably seen the one. Everyone's seen the one at Ipswich. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and he, he has he has he has had a few howlers as well. Um, so he has got a few mistakes in him, but. You know, I think it's just going to be a good game. I think uh, you'll make it uh, like all these smaller grounds. You'll make it quite hostile and what have you. And uh, obviously it's a stark contrast. You know, we play in front of, there were 20, 23,000 there on Saturday to then play. I mean, what, what sort of gate are we expecting on, on Saturday? Probably about eight, eight and a half. Yeah, at the moment, I think you've only been given a thousand tickets. We yeah, started... but just just on the lowdown, I've, everyone I've spoke to is sitting in the home end. By the way, are they? Well, yeah, there's we, loads we... of players. Loads, sorry, loads of fans that are sitting in the in we, the home end. We've not had that yet, so that'd be quite interesting to see how we deal with home fans. Because again, start of the season we had Bolton first game of the season. It was sold out. Obviously, first game at Plough Lane that fans could get into. We give Bolton fourteen hundred fans, so they went right to the tip of the home end. Yeah, I sit right near the away end with a load of lads as well because it makes the atmosphere better because we can give banter yeah, to the away yeah. end, we get it back. And then obviously it nearly there was nearly a little bit of trouble. So that's why they've moved it to a thousand so they can rope off that area now so you can't get to each other. Uh, again, it's all a learning curve to us. But yeah, our, our club have not had that yet where we've had home fans. And I don't think if they cheer or celebrate or something, I think they'll be straight out of the ground if I'm being honest, but probably, yeah. I mean, a few people have, um, there's actually one person that we had on the podcast a few, uh, a few weeks ago and she sits in the home end for every single game, not because of not being able to get tickets and things like that, just because of not feeling comfortable in the, uh, in the, in the away end and, and stuff. And, um, but yeah, but you know, she she normally gets hospitality and and stuff like that. But no, people who I've spoke to that got tickets, they are they are sitting in the home end. But I I couldn't be able to, I won't be able to do it, me. I'm no. I'm quite animated when I'm uh, when I'm at the at the match. Anyone that's seen me at, uh, sat in the north stand at Hillsbury, you'll, uh, you'll you'll know exactly what I mean. You know, I, I can't I just can't do it. Um, even when I'm watching them on the telly as well, I <laughs> I get uh, I get quite animated. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how that one's gonna uh, how that one's gonna pan out. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm the same. I'm exactly the same. I'm very animated. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to just sit there and watch goals go in or not be able to celebrate if we scored a last minute winner or something like that. So yeah, yeah, I don't get it either. But 
It'd be, it'd be a test for our club because, again, this is the thing at the moment where we're having these massive clubs come down and bringing 1,400. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday went in the league when we played at Kings Meadow. Yeah. Kings Meadow, we only allowed 800, 700 max. I think it was seven to 800 fans, away fans. Okay. Uh, and you couldn't get tickets to the home end because it was sold out. Where at the moment, it's a bigger ground. We're getting more fans come, but it's still going to be some tickets available uh, for general sale. So. Yeah, it should be in a red flag, though, when you've got to put your uh, address in there and it's uh, oh, another one from Sheffield. <laughs> another one from Sheffield. Well, our, our, ticket in six, our ticketing system should flag that up. So I You'd have thought yeah. so, yeah, but I don't know how they've, I don't know how they've got them, but uh, we'll see how it all pans out. We, we <laughs> play, we, the same thing happened at Morecambe, and to be fair, the, the Morecambe stewards were quite, they just all they, did, all they did is just ushered him into the away end and they all stood in, stood at the front kind of thing. So uh, <laughs> that's probably probably safer. Um Lee, uh, obviously you're from the One Wombles Dream podcast. Where can we uh, where can we find you? What's your socials and whatnot? Yeah, so it's the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. We are the Wombles Dream on Twitter, uh, and we're the, the Wombles Dream on Facebook. So yeah, if you just put in at the Wombles Dream, uh, you can find us on Twitter. That's Good it, stuff. really. Twitter and, and Facebook. Yeah, we're not fantastic. On too many. So. Brilliant. No problem, Lee. Thank you very much for uh, for talking to us, and uh, all the best for Saturday. But just hopefully you're not celebrating too much. Yeah, that's it. It's always the thing. It's good luck for the season, except for a Saturday. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. You know, you know the score. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Brilliant. Lee, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Right, so now we're joined by uh, Jordan uh, from the Abbey Stand podcast as well. Um, Jordan, mate, how are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm very well, James. Thanks for having me on. I, I'm pretty excited. We've got a, a really exciting uh, next couple of games for Cambridge. Um when these fixtures first came out, this this pairing of games back to da- back to back were the ones that really got everyone excited and, and made us realise that wow, we're in League One. So yeah, we play Ipswich Town at, at home on Saturday. That's already sold out, and then yeah, Sheffield Wednesday a couple of days later. So um, it's mad because it, it's not that long ago that we were playing at home and losing to the likes of Hyde United and and Stafford Rangers. So it's. It's such a nice kind of feeling to see how far the club has come. So, yeah, quite excited for this next couple of games. And uh, I'm hoping I'm still excited by the end and we haven't lost both of them in uh, emphatic style. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, obviously you, you mentioned those the, you know, those fixtures that you'd, um, that I'm guessing, a few years back. I mean, what took like five, ten years ago, where, where were Cambridge in the, in the football pyramid? You know, were they, how, yeah. how, how quickly have you, have you come up the ranks? Um, so we peaked in sort of the late eighties, early nineties, just before I started going and we were in the old first division and we missed out in the playoffs, the first Prem, and then we slowly made our way down and we dropped out of the football league, uh, 2005. 
And then I think we did nine years in the conference. So we've been back, we've been back like what, five, six seasons now. Yeah. Um, and the majority of that time has was spent in sort of the bottom eight places in League Two. And we went into the start of last season not expecting to be anywhere near the playoff picture and and somehow somehow we find ourselves in League One. So um yeah, it's mad. It's mad. Yeah, I mean well, let's touch on you know your, your your current form at the at the moment. So um, obviously, yeah, you've you've just alluded to international break. You didn't have a you didn't have a fixture, which obviously you know your, your players will be nice and rested, hopefully uh, for these for these next couple. Um, you know, you had a two two draw uh, away from home at, at Crew. How did how did that one pan out? The last time we had a, a break for international fixtures, we then lost the next game 5-1. So I'm really hoping that we've learned some lessons from that one. Um, yeah, uh, the, 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 the crew game is, uh, we kind of got away with it, really. We were 2-0 down at halftime and, you know, managed to, to, to show the right sort of uh, attitude and spirit to get ourselves back into the game and, and snatched a point late on. And I think... I think when you look at our form, you, there's kind of two ways of looking at it. You could look at the the start of the season and those 10 games as a block. And and for that part, Cambridge fans are over the moon. We've, we've done so much better than we expected. Yeah. Uh, three wins, four draws, three defeats. And I think if you have that kind of form throughout the whole season, you'll finish around 60 points, which would be enough to see you safe. And that's the ultimate aim for us this season is staying up. Yeah. Um, but the other way of looking at it is looking at like your last three games and two points from nine is not great. And then you look at the teams that we played. Um, Fleetwood, you know, Gillingham, Crew. Yeah, yeah they're, exactly. they're, te- they're like teams that you, yeah, you expect to at least pick a few points up, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to like dig them out, but they are teams of a similar size and and and, yeah. and, bud- and budget to us. And and you kind of think, well, if you're going to stay up, you should really be winning at least one of those because we played two of them at home. Um, so I think they were learning curves. I think the games before that, we were up against teams that were, you know, going to keep hold of the ball and and have a lot of possession. And we seem to have a very good sort of game plan for those. But then the last three games, we've had to be a little bit more forthcoming and maybe take the game to our opponents. And we've, we did okay in patches, but I think we were a little bit toothless up front and, you know, maybe a if we still had uh, Mr. Mr. Paul Muller, we might have we might have snatched a win in one of those. But I think going into these next group of games, Ipswich and and yourselves, I imagine it will be a switch back to that. You know, coming up against an, an opponent that's probably going to boss the possession, which we seem to have done quite well with coping with so far. So yeah, yeah. so looking at that, you know, one of the one of your recent results, uh, a two-one win. Uh, away at Portsmouth so uh, you know yeah. it's obviously I mean just look just looking at the, your recent results it looks like there's certainly been a lot of goals anyway you know you've been <laughs> scoring a few but you've also been shipping them in at the uh, at the other mm. end as well so it's not I suppose for the neutral it's been it must be quite exciting but you know for yourself a bit, a bit frustrating I guess absolutely um we've had uh, a, a good run in the last few games of conceding really early and also conceding quite soft goals so Hopefully, with the international break, they had a bit more time on the on the training pitch to sort of uh, to work on that because we don't have the the best strike force in the league by quite a way, and we can't afford to be giving teams two goals like head starts like we did against Crew. So we need to really tighten up at the back. I think that's probably like the the biggest area of concern from the first ten games. You know, the the attack has done well. 
perhaps hasn't been as efficient as it should be. The midfield has been the best part of, of, of how we've done. And then the defense yeah. has, has been a little bit leaky. So, you know, we're coming up against some teams that have got some, some good forwards. So hopefully lessons learned and we, and we can be a little bit more, uh, yeah, stubborn at the back. Yeah, I mean, in stark contrast to ourselves, who uh, you know we're not we're not scoring a great deal. I think we, we're averaging one goal a game, you know, eleven ge- eleven goals in eleven games, but we've we've only conceded nine. So uh, we've got like the what joint second best defense, but I think joint third worst strike force. So uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how how that one pans out with uh, you you being and you know entirely opposite you know scoring goals but uh but like i said but also conceding them as well i mean um in terms of like the you know your, your squad and the, and the players i mean who are the players that we need to like kind of kind of look out for who's you who's your star man i mean you've already mentioned paul mullin if he was still there i'm sure he would have been um he would have been that man but kind of who else are we going to be looking for yeah so um paul mullin was part of a a magic trio uh, up top last season. So we still have the other two parts in uh, in Joe Ironside and and Wesley Houlihan. Ironside will play up front on his own. I reckon we we tend to play one up top. Um, and yeah, I love this question. Like I've, I quite often come on to other fans' podcasts to help preview the Cambridge game, and it gives me an opportunity to talk about the Irish Messi, the evergreen thirty nine year old Mister Wesley Houlihan, who has been terrific for us. Um, definitely the the best technical player that I've I've ever seen play for Cambridge United and he doesn't look 39 when he's running around the pitch but the big problem is when he joined he the club and him agreed a plan to make sure that we get the best out of him the most often and that basically means like a reduced training pattern and also it means he just doesn't play midweek games I think last season he maybe played twice where we had sort of games in quick succession but yeah barely 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 um did saturday saturday tuesday and and not even like on the bench just didn't play him so our main man won't be there on tuesday night i doubt um i mean i apologize to to wednesday fans if he does play and this this isn't me trying to bluff you i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. i promise you he doesn't normally play tuesday so well i don't think i don't think darren moore listens to this podcast he might do <laughs> but uh, you know <laughs> picking up some tips you know it was really funny last year because we the second half of last year we had an incredible win ratio on Saturdays, but then the, the worst possible win ratio on Tuesday nights. And you just thought, well, if you're a scout and you're playing Cambridge on the Tuesday, this is a this is a real piece of piece of piss. You just you just know that Houlihan's not playing, and that's uh, that's how you sort your game plan out. But I think, yeah, coming, I guess coming back to to your original question about who to look out for, we we've been playing one up top for the majority of the season. Uh, every now and then he'll start a second striker, but I doubt he'll do that against. Um, against yourselves and so really there's the emphasis is on our two wide players to sort of get up and support Ironside as quickly as, as possible so we've got two really fast um wingers uh, on the left hand side a, a lad called James Brophy on the right hand side a lad called Shiloh Tracy who went through the Spurs uh you've set up and we got him on a free in the summer um both really good ball carriers both very quick like to get to the byline like to pull it back so they're probably the the people to look out for um because if they don't get up the pitch quickly to support Ironside it would be quite a yeah quite an easy task for a for a, a, a well-marshaled defense to just to mark out a, a, a strike a single striker yeah I mean I'm gonna ask about like that what what t- sort of style of play do you do you usually play I mean I suppose he's 
two answers to this question. Obviously, you'll, you'll have, I'm guessing you're going to set up a little bit differently. Up, up, you know, no, no disrespect to yourself, but obviously in a, in a game which you're going to probably find a bit tough against mm. ourselves uh, than you perhaps would do against, you know, your likes of the crew, Gillingham's and, and Fleetwood. So, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, yeah, first, of all, first of all, like, how do you normally set out to play and how do you ex- expect them to play against us? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and actually, I think we've, you know, I think we've struggled against those teams that are respectfully a little bit sort of weaker and they've been sort of harder to break down ourselves because elsewhere over the start of the season, when we've played teams like, Plymouth and Oxford and Portsmouth and Bolton and we've picked up results um the style of play has been to surrender possession and and our our greatest achievement over the these these last 10 games is just how good we've been out of possession mm, been yeah. very very well organized uh, very disciplined hard working and yeah but we've um we've seemed to to manage against teams that want to to control the ball and we've won games with ridiculous possession stats we'd be we beat Bolton at home with 26 percent possession which is really incredible yeah um so I imagine I imagine that will be the tactic for these these two upcoming games both Ipswich and yourself you know teams that probably will look at Cambridge and be like right if we get at them and and control the ball we'll probably control the game and I think I think that will suit our best formation and our best set of players um we tend to we tend to play some sort of variant of a five-man midfield, uh, whether it be three attacking midfielders and two sitting, or or what I reckon we'll see on, on Tuesday against yourself is um, giving up one of those attacking midfielders and maybe not having a number 10 and, and having an extra body in the sort of, sort of deeper part of midfield as it was um, to make up yeah. the fact that I'll go to number 10, Hulan won't be playing. So um, a young lad called Adam May has had a really good start to the season Um and he sort of plays that kind of box to box midfielder role. So if he can, uh, if he can make an impact against you guys, uh, that would be a, yeah, a name to look out for, I think. Good. I mean, I mean, in terms of like your, your fans and what have you, what, how are they reacting like to this, this season? And also I suppose to, to do when you, I don't want to coin the phrase part of the bus, but you know, when you, <laughs> when you are getting like, you know, 28, 29% possession, what, what's the feeling in the, in the stands? To be honest, um, I think everyone's quite accepting and understands the game plan and understands what we're doing, understands that, you know, for whatever reason, we've got the squad that we've got and, and we've got the players that we've got and we're setting up this style to to best sort of utilise their, um, their attributes. I think there's a lot of us that are of the opinion that, you know, we didn't expect to be in this league and therefore being here is is terrific but we don't want to just be like here for the one season we want to be here as long as we can and and build on it and you know if we can sustain ourselves as a league one club hopefully that will attract the investment that we need to then sort of push on like we're we're quite a well-run club at the moment but we are on a small scale so yeah I think I think everyone is I think everyone is content and happy with with Bonner's game plan uh, of, of playing that way, you obviously always get small pockets of the fan base that look at a four-five-one and go, "Oh, that's negative. Why is it not a second striker?" But I think for the most part, everyone understands why we're playing it. And like I said, three wins, four draws, three defeats. The maths sort of suggest that it is the right thing to do for for the most part. Yeah, you mentioned your manager there, Mark, Mark Bonner. I mean, how long has he been uh, at the club? Has he been there a while or? Mate, the, the Mark Bonner story is is terrific. Um, 
he's younger than me. He's 34. I think he's the second youngest manager in the league. He never played professional football. Um, I don't think he, he went He didn't very... come from football manager, did he? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. There is... Um, Last year, when we started doing well, there was like a, a, a former footballer called Mark Bonner and everyone in sort of, you would read like visiting teams previewing our game and they thought it was that guy. It's uh, like, it's like, it's not me, you know. Um, but yeah, no, his, his, his story is brilliant. He, he left school aged 18 and was like, I want to play, I want to be part of a football club. Uh, he wasn't a, a professional or semi-pro footballer. So he went about it another way and he joined... Um, our sort of youth setup and in the very kind of basic sort of role, you know, like the summer school type oh, yeah. uh, programs that they offer. And, and he just worked his way up the youth team from there. And when we dropped out of the, the league, um, we had to cancel the, the Academy cause you lose your, your funding. So he yeah. went off, he went off to South end for a few years, managed their under 18s. And then just as we were getting good again in a conference and before we got promoted, we were able to, afford having a some sort of youth set up and he came back and he's worked his way up from looking after the under 18s and the youth team and he spent the last four or five years as sort of first team coach for the last two managers and when he got the job which was just before the season the COVID season got sort of postponed everyone sort of rolled their eyes and went right you've just hired the cheapest option uh we're going to be in the same boat that we've been in for the last every last couple of seasons where we're sacking a manager every 12 months um because that's how you turned it around. It, it's incredible. He's got such a good approach to football. He seems to be living it and 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 spends a lot of time looking ahead and scouting. And he's, yeah, really ambitious guy. And I genuinely think if he keeps us up this year, he'll move on higher because he got us out of League Two on a shoestring when no one fancied us. And if he can keep us up in League One, then he's obviously got to be a, attracting sort of interest from higher up. Yeah, so so like when you when you hear the chance of you know one of our own, he, he he that truly is like one of your own, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Literally, the last time we were in the third tier when we were in League One last, he was like he, a couple of years younger than me. So he must have been around thirteen, fourteen. And he was a season ticket holder, so he was a fan before he got a job with the club. So it is it is a really great story, and you just don't really hear cases like that. So um. It's just, it's terrific that he's managed to get a promotion as well, because yeah, whatever happens from here on out, if we get relegated this year or whatever, he'll always have that on his record. And we'll always have that moment that someone who grew up on the stands got us promoted, which is, yeah, a really lovely story. Yeah, great stuff. Um, I mean, you kind of alluded to it a little, a little bit earlier, but I mean, where are you expecting to finish so far this like, season? I mean, or should I say, before the season started, where do you, where we expected to finish, and yeah. has that has that now changed? You know, 10, 11 games into the season. Um, I don't know if you listened to any other podcasts or read any articles before the season started, but everyone had us not only to go down but to finish bottom. Um, the fact that our our talisman Paul Mullin, who scored thirty four goals last season, left us in the summer. That was the that was the story. And to go to Wrexham, by the way, which I think I mean obviously I know why he's gone there, but such a yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. It must have been so frustrating that he's dropped two divisions to, to well, yeah, absolutely. Money, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, it, I, I still hope that he gets a, a chance at League One because it, it really felt at the end of last season that like he'd worked so hard to sort of prove himself. He'd been in League One before, but never really been a starter. But just before yeah. we go, on, just before we go on to the um, way expected to finish, then on, on that uh, Paul Mullin situation, uh, 
how, how was he kind of received? How was it received from the from the fans? Because obviously, I mean, I, mm-hmm. he wanted a new he wanted a new contract. Yep. He openly said you couldn't afford to to pay him. Is it? Did he, he was did, he, well. did, he leave, did he leave on good terms, or is it a bit like you know he should have stayed kind of thing? Um, he, so I, he was offered um, what the club described as the best they could offer him, yeah. and it comes back to this idea that you know for a long time we were a poorly run club. We dropped out of the league and went into administration, so we we had to learn to live within our means and be better. And we've got a really good chairman, a really good um, a CEO, like chief executive, and they looked at it and basically said, look, we can afford X amount and and this is it. Best come, this is the best we can offer and we'll leave yeah. it on the table. And we left it left it on the table for quite quite a, a bit of the summer because his his move wasn't instant. No. But any, anyway, when it comes when it comes to Mullen himself, I think everyone kind of knew just before Christmas last year where he was getting close to 20 goals. You're like, if he doesn't go in January, obviously he's going to go in the summer. Um it broke goal scoring records for us he got us the goals to get us promoted so he is seen by the fan base as a legend I, I think there will obviously always be small pockets of fans who are a little bit more like why would he leave us why would he go yeah, but, yeah. but for the most part everyone's like we understand why he's leaving we all just assumed he would go higher part of league one yeah. or the championship so yeah. So yeah, it was odd when when the Wrexham sort of news got announced. I guess at the start of the summer, if you said, "Oh, he's going to go non-league," everyone would be like, "Nah, nah, that's silly, that's silly." But yeah. because it because it dragged on, and I think he didn't really join until sort of halfway through their preseason. Mm. By the end, it kind of it felt a little bit sad that perhaps maybe he was led by his agent to think that he could earn X amount in Championship and League One, and and maybe the offers just weren't there. Like he had obviously that sensational season for us, but before that, you know, his, his goals returns were, were quite minimal. And if yeah. you're, if you're, if you're, you know, a championship club or a top league one club, you're, you're scouting based on data and you're not just looking at like one season, one so, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it's a shame he didn't get that offer, but I, I totally understand why he took it. Um, big money, a project where ultimately they probably will end up in the league. Um, Maybe not this season, but but next. Um, he's based up in Liverpool. He's got a young family, so it's closer to home. So, yeah, I think for the most part, there's no ill feeling there. But I think there's there's always going to be a few that yeah have have uh, have issues. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so um, where are we expecting to finish at the start? Oh of the yeah, season yeah. And, uh, and is it has it changed? So I think um, I think the vast majority of United fans expected us to be in that bottom seven or eight clubs um and to be honest everyone's kind of take was as long as we're competitive and as long as we're not like relegated by christmas you know if we go down so be it but hopefully there's enough about us there's enough about the squad enough about how mark bonner manages that will that will surprise a few and 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 maybe see us uh you know over the line and and to be honest you know if, if we stay up on the last day via a an own goal in the 95th minute I'd, I'd snap your hand off now for it so yeah um I think there was maybe a couple of people who were a little bit more ambitious and like no nah, no nah, we can surprise the league and, and kick on but I think given the the last 10 games I think most people's expectations are probably the same although maybe a few more people are thinking like well maybe we can be a little bit more uh safer earlier because we seem to be doing okay and, and picking up points so I don't think anyone expects us to be, 
you know, up, you know, top half of the table or pushing for playoffs or anything like that. But yeah, I'm feeling more confident now than I was before the season started about staying up. So we'll see how the next block of 10 games go before I, I make any bold predictions about whether we stay up or not. <laughs> no problem. And now before we uh, before we go, um, score prediction then. So uh, how do you think it's going to? Uh, how do you think it's going to finish? Yeah. So we've got quite a small squad. So I'm a little bit worried that playing the Saturday might, you know, there might be some fatigue on the Tuesday night. Um, like I said, we're not we're not, you know big scorers and if, if you've got quite a good defence I think it'll be a low scoring game or at least on our part um, I would absolutely love a 1-1 a, uh, a bit like the second leg of the 98 League Cup game <laughs> against you guys um, yeah. I, told, I told you I'd sneak that in uh, I, I'd go for 1-1 but I've got a bad feeling that you might edge it 2-1 so one of yeah, those well, well I'm going to go for 2 I'm going to go for 2-1 so uh, um, yeah I think it's going to be a different game to what we've had for for the you know the, the past few that we've you know played came up against Bolton uh, mm. and then Wigan as well um and Oxford you know, we've, they've all come to attack us kind of thing so yeah. I think we are gonna we do struggle when we come up against sides that do uh, like like you've alluded to you know surrender possession as you put it um but I think we need you know we we need to kind of start picking up these these results you know against sides like yourself and not kind of rely on beating the teams at the at the top of the at the top of the table so yeah i think um a 2-1 it'll be it'll be nice and hostile i'm i'm guessing <laughs> we're down uh, down at the abbey is it abbey abbey stadium is it called yeah the abbey or um... the abbey yeah so uh, nice little compact stadium and, and what have you a lot different to what we to what we used to at home um and you'll i'm sure you'll make it uh, the most unwelcome that you that you possibly can, but yeah, I think we'll probably just edge it to uh, edge it two one. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be a I'm sure it'll be a good game. Uh, yeah, Jordan, uh, thank you very much for uh, for joining me, and um, yeah, all the all the best for the rest of the season. Yeah, pleasure's all mine, James. Thank you. No problem. Cheers, Jordan. Thank you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.